Hello beautiful people and by beautiful people I mean the two people who listened to the last episode to listen who listened to three seconds of the last episode and thank you I am very very appreciative for, for those three seconds today is a good day actually I am happy for I haven't been happy for a little while there was a ceasefire in uh, Palestine and it's a good thing it's definitely a good thing people are not actively dying and uh, people are not actively getting bombed so it is a good thing however we shouldn't lose uh, we shouldn't think that the, the the war is over or that the occupation of palestinian territories is over because it's not what a ceasefire means, it means that we're, we're not gonna bomb you as much as we have, we have been doing for the last 11 days. However, it's gonna be a de-escalation to the slow oppression, to the slow burn of the oppression and occupation that has been going on for the, for the past 8 years in Palestine. So while it is a positive thing, it's not a resolution at all. It's not the media shouldn't. The, well, most most mainstream media has been reporting a false narrative, and we'll get into that in, the, in a minute. But people shouldn't stop talking about Palestine. People shouldn't lose focus and think that everything is all right because it's not. It's not. There has been a huge ramification. And huge consequences of the bombing that has occurred in, uh, in the West Bank and Gaza for the last 11 days. We have uh, the numbers here before me. Israel has lost 12 people. 12 people died. Now, Palestinians, 250 Palestinians were killed. 66 of them were children. 39 of them were women, 2,000 wounded, 33 media institutions destroyed, including the Associated Press of the American media who who were defending Israel, 1,800 housing units destroyed, 5 high-rise buildings destroyed, 91,000 people left homeless and displaced so yeah the ceasefire is a good thing but it's not nearly good enough it's not nearly um, it doesn't nearly uh, mean that it's a solution and that the conflict is over i don't even want to say the word conflict and it's not as you saw the numbers it's not a conflict it's genocide and the war is still going on. The oppression is still going on. Today, a few days after uh, the ceasefire uh, has, have been, has been announced, 30 Palestinian children, children, have been arrested by uh, Israeli police because they have given the middle finger to the Israeli police as the Israelis were firing at them. Middle finger, that so, yeah, you can't even give the middle finger anymore. They were arrested. Yep, yeah, so 
the suffering still continues, the oppression still continues, and uh, the people should continue to put pressure on the Israeli government, on their own their own government, like people have been doing in England and Canada and in the United States and France and so on, to actually make a change and make a significant change. Because this is not nearly enough. People are still suffering everywhere. And I want to talk about another form of war within this conflict. Another war that is being fought and it is a war of words. And it's for the first time in history. Because information is now so decentralized thanks to the internet that it ha- that the war has been relatively equal. It is thanks to the Trump era where mainstream news and the idea of fake news has been so popularized and so normalized that people don't trust mainstream media, media anymore and are seeking more and more alternative sources of information that this war has been equal and that it ha- that a certain narrative has been has not been crushed by another and what i'm saying is this war of, of words that uh, that is being fought by the israeli backed mainstream media to actually create a certain narrative you can see it in the new york times the washington post and many many other uh, major institution you don't see you don't hear about displacement however you hear about about eviction in Sheikh Jarrah which is the 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 fuck I forgot the word which is the neighborhood I forgot the word neighborhood which is the, the neighborhood that the Israeli government has decided to to destroy at, in order to make uh, room for a new settlement settlements illegally that is why there is a huge difference between the word illegal displacement which is factually what was going on and eviction eviction actually implies that the Palestinians were wrong that the Israelis have a legal ownership of that land and that the Palestinians were trespassing. When you hear eviction, you hear that somebody didn't pay their, their rent. While, no, that's not what was going on at all. The Netanyahu government decided to illegally displace people, to illegally take people from their home, to throw them out, to get uh, Israelis into those homes to destroy those homes and to build new settlements only for Israeli people. That's what was going on. When you hear that, for example, you see in the news an Israeli person has been uh, killed by Hamas, that rocket, uh, the Hamas has fired rockets into Israel, yet you hear that Buildings have collapsed in Gaza due to Israeli bombings. You, do you see the subtlety of the of the trickery here? You hear 
very active, very powerful wording when it's Hamas who's uh, actually resisting the occupation and you hear a passive tone, a, a tone that is meant to actually lessen the impact of the, uh, of the information when Israeli attacks are happening. Yet, we can see the huge disparity between the two powers. Calling the war between Palestinians and the occupying entity that calls itself Israel a conflict is like calling a fight between Mike Tyson and, I don't know, a three-year-old a, a conflict. You wouldn't call that a fight. That's a murder. That's a beating. That's, and believe me, the power disparity is even greater than the stupid example I just gave. Because Palestinians, let me explain to you how the Palestinian armed resistance, which is very negligible, get how they get their, their bomb, their missiles. They actually salvage those from World War II. Uh, submarines and World War II ships that have sinked in the Mediterranean Sea and they dive and they salvage those and create homemade bombs that cost a few hundred bucks to make. While, on the other hand, you have Israel. What does Israel have? Well, let's see. Fighter jets F from F-16 to F-35. They have what they call uh, an iron dome, which is a system of anti-air strikes. When one missile costs around $150,000, one missile, to take down the, the, the $100 missile that Hamas uses, they have nuclear bombs, an estimated arsenal of 80 nuclear bombs. And I'm sure it's much more, but of course nobody talks about it because, well, the U.S. is backing Israel. And of course, only one, one country matters when it comes to, to these things, and it's the U.S. When the U.S. wanted to invade Iraq for no fucking reasons other than for its own gain, they did so. No matter what the, that you, the UN did, no matter what anybody said, when the US decides to do something, they do it. That's how fucking empires work. That's how it always worked. So when you, when you hear about both, the both sides narrative, when you hear about Hamas is using children as a shield, what are you, what the fuck are you talking about? You are keeping the people in Gaza in an open air prison. They have two hours of of uh, of electricity a day. They don't have running water. They don't have health care because yes, in the past eleven days, uh, Israel not only bombed hospitals but also killed the the leading Palestinian doctor on COVID. Do you understand how evil that is? Do you understand how fucked up that is? And people are still talking about 
both sideism and and what aboutism and all that shit. No, no, no. You have to understand this is a war. You have to understand this is an an, an invasion and this is a colonizer uh, settler state. Therefore, an armed resistance is necessary. And it is just. And in this case, I am saddened to say the armed resistance is negligible. I am saddened to say that the power disparity is so fucking great that the Palestinians have no chance to actually win. Yet, to quote Gramsci, optimism of the will and pessimism of the intellect, existence is resistance when people are trying to erase you, to ethnically cleanse you. Just the fact of speaking out and and continuing to live in those atrocious conditions is resistance. And it is the highest form of resistance. You have to know, people I know who came out of Gaza and came to my country told, told me about very fucked up ways in, in which the Israelis fuck with, with the Palestinians in Gaza. They would walk into Gaza and purposely shoot cats. Yeah, they purposefully shoot cats. One would say, why? Well, so that Gaza gets flooded with rats, and that's what happens. This lady friend of mine used to tell me about how when she would walk out at night in Gaza, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fucking rats would be flooding the streets to the point where you can't even see the ground anymore. Do you understand how fucked up that is? People, she, she told me how people used to smuggle cats out of under, uh, underground tunnels from uh, Egypt until the fucking government of Egypt flooded those tunnels to, in order to suffocate the people and tighten the grip on Palestinians. We are witnessing an apartheid state. We are witnessing cruelty at its best. Then you hear people like Joe fucking Biden telling a woman, a reporter, that if she asked him, can I ask you about the quote-unquote conflict of uh, Israel and Palestine? He said, only if you stood in front of my car as, as I was driving. <laughs> Hilarious fucking joke, you senile little weasel. I'm bewildered, and yet, I am hopeful because we can see we can see the change we can see the 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 counter narrative we can see the narrative of the invaders being questioned and you can see artists you can see popular figures speaking out and and really defending the Palestinian cause because it is not only just it is necessary it is the humane thing to do. People try to paint this, this idea that defending Palestine is, uh, and Palestine is getting all this support and all this, uh, uh, these hashtags and all this uh, posting about it because people are hating, hate the Jews and it is, uh, their, 
it is an acceptable way to express their anti-Semitism. Let's, let's focus on this point. All right. What is a Semite? A Semite is a person that speaks either Arabic or Hebrew. Semite is a group of languages that were practiced and spoken in that region, in the Palestinian region. So, Palestinians are Semites. They cannot be anti-Semites. That's the first fucking point. Understand what you're saying, please, before, you know, making all these bold fucking claims. Then, you see people comparing, saying, why did uh, the people didn't share this much? I didn't speak out this much because uh, uh, when uh, China was killing Muslims in, uh, in their country, and yet uh, people who, who never spoke about that are speaking about Palestine. It's, that's anti-Semitism. Do you understand how fucked up that argument is? They're basically saying, why can't, uh, can't we kill innocent people? China does it. You didn't say anything when China was killing Muslims. So why shouldn't we be allowed to kill Muslims in peace? It's because you're, ha you're a hateful racist. You're not allowing us to kill Muslims. You're not allowing us to kill innocent people. You're not allowing us to, to fucking bombard children in their sleep. It's so fucking stupid. It's so fucking... I mean, I have seen cognitive bias and I have... But to this point, it's so... It amazes me. And the person who shared this is, is a stand-up comedian. I would say his name, but I, heard, I forgot his fucking name because, you know, fuck him, I unfold him right away. I'm, a, I'm not gonna stand up for this bullshit. And I am against uh, censoring people and I am against... Uh, I just unfold him, I'm not saying he should be, you know, he should be cancelled or censured by anybody for saying what he said. Of course he won't. Because he's serving the narrative that, you know, all the liberal media is uh, is pushing. So, he won't, he won't. With that being said, I want to say, uh, say something about censorship and the left. I've talked about this at length be before. But people who, who have looked at the past a bit, people who are not reactionary, have seen this coming. They have seen the danger of censoring others. The danger when you fuck with free speech. That's why I, I get so annoyed when leftists try to de, uh, demonetize and de-platform and censor and cancel people for saying things that they don't agree with. You have the right to not agree with people. But once you fuck with their ability to express themselves, their, their free speech, were entering a very, very dangerous zone. Because when you give that power of demonetizing and deplatforming to entities like YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, they have the monopoly. They are the, 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 the ethical god that decides 
what's right and what's wrong to say and what they are uh, is a bunch of, of companies of capitalist entities and the day of reckoning has arrived and we saw fucking facebook and we saw instagram and we saw twitter blocking and disactivating and censoring posts that are supporting gaza that are supporting supporting palestine under pressure and i don't imagine it's much pressure from uh, fucking the israeli government it is so fucking foreseeable that we're fucking with something so fucking essential when it comes to free speech I don't understand how people didn't see this coming Noam Chomsky was so focused on this point of free speech because he lived in a time when the left were were censored he's so fucking old you know in the 50s and in the 60s it is the left that was censored it is people like Martin Luther King and Nelson Mandela and Malcolm X were censored and those people that power of censoring people will come back and bite you in the ass and it did and it will keep going and it will keep because you can't trust the fucking government the government is never on the side of the people what the the Arab people did to actually fight back against this fascist censorship that that alien-looking motherfucker did, Mark Zuckerberg and his minions, decided to do, is they had to change their language, the way they write language on, uh, language on posts supporting Palestine and speaking about Palestine uh, on, on social media. They erased all the, the dots in the language, because in the Arab language, one letter, if you don't put a, a dot on it it's pronounced ra if you put a, a dot on it it's pronounced z another letter if you don't put anything on it it's pronounced ha if you put a dot under it it's pronounced j and it, if, if you put a dot over it it's pronounced ha so by playing with that by erasing the dot and we're erasing the small symbols that we put, that we Arabs put on our words in order to show how they are pronounced, we call that a shekel. We were allowed to actually express ourselves and to actually get all the, the news that you, we were not getting from the mainstream media. Because, yeah, as I said, Israeli uh, Israeli bombings have destroyed the headquarters of uh, Al Jazeera and uh, Associated Press in, in Gaza. And you know what the American government did? It tucked its tail between its legs, its legs, and it gently bent over to fucking the Netanyahu government, and they pushed the narrative of. Uh, yeah, Hamas was uh, using uh, journalists as human shields. What the fuck? What the fuck is this? People. People do not make good shields. So stop using this fucking argument. You are bombing civilians willy-nilly. We have seen 
the the interviews of uh, Abby Martin in Jerusalem asking Zionists what is the actual solution for the Arab conflict and they said to carpet bomb them so don't pretend that you are engaging in a military conflict when there is no fucking conflict because there is no army to to actually attack Hamas is the Palestinian people so don't give me that shit like it's the allies and the Nazis no no it's not like that there are no two armies fighting there are poor civilian people with salvaged weapons and one of the strongest army in, armies in the world killing them with drones with phosphoric bombs they used phosphoric bombs which is which is fucking illegal and a war crime and they dare to call themselves the Israeli defense forces what are you fucking defending your right to kill people I saw this post, free Israel. Free from what, motherfucker? Free from what? Just answer me. Jesus fucking Christ. As I said, we're fucking with free speech and it's it's very dangerous. Censoring and deplatforming and all that shit will come and, and bite us again and again and again and again. And it can only have a negative con- consequence because... What happens when you deplatform and censor people like Alex Jones? Alex Jones will still have his sight, will still put things into ether, into the ether, into the universe. But now those things will not be challenged. He will not be in a conversation with somebody he d- that will check him, that will disagree with him, and that will tell him, no, you're wrong here, and this is not factual, this is wrong, and and you know and have an actual debate about it no it's gonna create an even stronger echo chamber his number will actually numbers will actually rise not in on youtube not on twitter but on his site let's talk about comedy for a bit a few years ago the legion of skanks podcast and it's a podcast i am a huge fan of had a huge, a huge problem when they invited Milo, you know, Milo, that Milo guy, that, that gay Christian racist dude. Then when they had that guy on, they had a huge problem and they were kicked out of uh, uh, the creek and the cave and people were threatening them with violence and people were threatening them with, and leftists were getting enraged how a podcast, a comedy podcast, could talk to, to to this dude. Not only that's so fucking stupid and so fucking wrong, for the reasons I've mentioned, because when you deplatform someone, when you brand him as, as a fucking persona non grata, it will create this echo chamber around him and this bubble where his thoughts are not questioned at all. It will only create hatred with the moderates. Now the moderates will see the the people who have the right intention as uh, radicals and and as fascists and as uh, fucking, uh, you know, censoring and as Orwellian and blah, blah, blah. Even though Orwell was an extremely leftist 
historically speaking. He, he was an anarchist and he fought in the Spanish anarchist revolution in Catalonia and got shot and he he wrote a book called Homage to Catalonia, but people don't know this. A lot of people think that Orwell, because Orwell criticized uh, the Stalinist regime, people think that he's a capitalist and he's pro uh, the USA and so on. No, he's a leftist. But, you know, people gotta read. Anyway, so what happened with the Milo thing? Milo came on the Legion, uh, the Legion of Skanks podcast. They had a good time and, you know, they left. And, he, and I gotta give it to the guy. As stupid as he is, he's very smart in a way. And as racist as he is, he's very charming. And he's very funny. So it was an entertaining show. And I think they have the right to do that. You have the right to talk to somebody that holds beliefs that you disagree with. However, my only, my one and only criticism would be that when he started talking seriously at when he made stupid stupid claims like uh, christianity invented uh, morality and that muslims do not have morality and so on and so forth because muslims were killing their own but christian were only killing what they perceived as the other i mean everything he said Everything could have been debunked with the three minutes on Google. Or if you ever, you know, read or saw anything about history. Religion have never had a problem with killing anyone. They claim, you know, that uh, they're for peace. But historically speaking, they have been the primary reason for murder and the primary killers in history. So, yeah, don't give me that shit. And as a person who grew up a Muslim... And who isn't anymore? I can tell you from an objective point of view, there is a lot of morality in Christianity and in Islam. It may be a very subjective and a very fucked up morality, but there is. It may be morality that is hugely subject to fucking interpretation, but it is a morality nonetheless. Also, morality has nothing to do with religion because monkeys have moralities, animals have moralities. So that argument is so fucking stupid that what bothered me the most is that somebody as well-read as uh, Dave Smith, who's a member of Legion of, St- of Skanks, didn't say, hey, now, you know, uh, you, that's wrong because I know Dave knows this and Louis J. Gomez knows this and... And Big J knows this. But I understand that they're a comedy podcast and that's not their primary concern. Even though I, in my opinion, think that they should have. If they think they, they shouldn't, it's their right. And I, understand, I, I think I am convinced that they should be able to do so. So they should able to have uh, be able to have anybody on from... That Milo guy to Alex Jones to whomever. I mean, you can you can look at Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan does it relatively well. When he gets those people on, he checks them. He have a good time, an interesting conversation. But Joe is so fucking doesn't have an ego that he's able, and he doesn't give a fuck really. He's he's so fucking honest. So 
he will say when he agrees with you and he will check you now I do have uh, some differences of, of opinion with him a lot of them but I think he's doing he's going about it the right way because he's having people like Peter Joseph and uh, people like uh, Cornel Weston and Alex Jones and uh, Milo and other people from the, the other end of the spe spectrum and I think that's the right wing thing to do because those debates are what is going to shape the discourse. Let me give you an example. I spent 20, 20 years of my life as a devout Muslim. I used to do the five uh, prayers and to, to spend hours uh, at the mosque and we would wake up at four in the fucking morning to, to go... Uh, uh, do all the prayers and I, I I used to do all that shit then I started reading a, a, a little I started to get into uh, astronomy and I started to you know feed my stupid mind new information that contradicted with the narrative that the religion was pushing what I did was look up debates between people who were highly educated and religious people who were uh, authorities and those lively debates shaped my views and helped me to to, to slowly shed those uh, uh, beliefs that I had now I, one of them could have swayed me either way because I was in deep doubt but if I didn't have those debates if those debates didn't were not allowed to happen if uh, people said well uh, Let's say, for example, Christopher Hitchens is, uh, hates religion and he's uh, Islamophobic, therefore he should be deplatformed and he shouldn't be able to speak. Or people said that uh, Tariq Ramadan is hateful and he shouldn't be able to speak and so on. So the debate between them would have never happened. And God knows uh, what would I be thinking right now. So it's a very delicate issue. It's a very fragile thing to fuck with when it comes to to freedom of speech and of speech and what's even more dangerous is to let these ungoverned unregulated capitalist entities decide who's right and who's wrong capitalist entities have never had a problem with fucking with anyone and silencing and killing anyone who doesn't serve their interest that's historically well documented so anyway I digress I think that's enough for today and uh, thank you all for listening to me and see you all next week